Hello, Believers. This is Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger Podcast, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. Now, you guys know I do not do a lot of interviews on this show. So when I do interviews, it is something that I want you to hear. It's somebody that I want you to know. It's information that I think that you are going to find useful. So for the next two episodes, I have a two-part interview with some very special guests. And for those of you that are wondering, you keep promising pod class. When is it coming back? Right after this interview series, you guys are going to get back-to-back-to-back episodes of pod class. So don't worry. It's not going anywhere. They're already recorded and in the books and queued up and waiting for you guys to hear. But I do want to introduce the first of two very important guests, one being Lamonia Dean-Brown, and she is the Director of Programming, Outreach, and Brand Partnerships for the American Black Film Festival, which has a history dating back more than 20 years that started in Acapulco. And most of the household names that you guys know today in the world of Black celebrity or Black Hollywood got their start right at ABFF. And as you guys know, I've produced and directed a film. I've submitted it to film festivals, including ABFF. But here's the thing. Even if you're not in film production, many of you are in content creation. So you're writing long-form blogs or you're writing books and things like that. And all of those pieces have opportunities to turn into productions for film and for television. But sometimes we just have no idea how to even get our foot in the door, how to start producing things at that scale, how to turn our ideas into things that will impact the masses. And so I wanted to bring the coordinators of American Black Film Festival, where I will be attending this summer, and listen to these two interviews, because one is going to tell you what to expect, how to get your content out there, how to adjust your expectations, and and give you an inside scoop about what you can expect in the industry and who you can expect to interact with by putting yourself out there. And then the second one is going to tell you about the festival experience itself. And at the end of this series, you guys are going to get a very special promo from me about how you can join me at American Black Film Festival this summer in Miami for a very special discount. So without further ado, here's my interview with Lamonia Dean Brown, the Director of Programming, Outreach, and Brand Partnerships for the American Black Film Festival, which you can find online at American Black Film Festival. And specifically, if you want to reach out with Lamonia and find out what she's doing and what she's got going on, you can follow her at Gilchrist Says, G-I-L-C-H-R-I-S-T Says. Without further ado, listen to what Lamonia has to say about the American Black Film Festival experience. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. You guys have been so busy. Yes, we have. We have a whole lot going on. A whole lot going on. It is good. Um, There's a lot of positive energy. And so I wanted to, as I was talking to Jasmine, I wanted to try to do what I could to help promote the event. Uh, She and I met in Chicago and I told her I was going to be submitting a film. I said, but I also am one of those people that, Sometimes when you step into an industry, people step into it thinking that, like, the industry owes something to you, like, you know, I've arrived. But I'm like, I feel like you should kind of, like, support and serve and, you know, win, lose, or flush, make sure that people know what's going on. Because now is a really important time, I think, for creators of color, okay, and being able to put their content out there in the atmosphere. Agreed. Let me start with just a really basic question. So tell me, what is it that you do for ABFF? I'm the Director of Programming, Outreach, and Brand Partnerships. So I program the festival, all the pipeline programs, all the films, all, you know, a bunch of events. I have my hands on all of that in addition to reaching out 
to promotional partners and also doing brand partnerships. And I also do our digital magazine, which is the ABFF Insider. So basically you are a card-toting member of Team No Sleep. Basically what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) That's what somebody said? (laughs) I sleep. I do. I get to sleep in. (laughs) Well, all right. No, that sounds like a a lot of work and and absolutely important work. So let's get right to it. Tell me, so why is it that a content creator should consider ABFF? Um, A lot of times people create things and they think that, oh, well, I shouldn't try to put it out there or put it out there at that scale. Why do you think it's important for people to consider forms like ABFF for their content? Well, particularly for content creators of color, ABFF is an important pipeline to the different networks, the different studios, and the black film community overall. So if you have created a piece of work that you feel is ready to be shown, I would suggest submitting to ABFF. It's a great place to show your work, and you won't get the same love anywhere else that you will at ABFF for your work. Everybody, We have plenty of people there that can help you move forward if it's your first time, and they will stick with you on your 10th time. So it's the best festival for people of color. You know, thank you for saying that. And and I wanted to touch on something that you just mentioned. You said, you know, it's the best way to kind of get in contact with people that are going to help you with networks and executives. So who are some of ABF's partners? Specifically, which networks send their executives to ABFF? Well, HBO is our founding partner, and they send about 60 people every year to ABFF. Oh, wow. Yes. In addition, TV One is one of our presenting partners, as well as Comcast Universal. Then we have Turner and BET, who are our premier partners, and all the rest of the networks also are industry partners. So FX Networks, Fox, CBS is there, Turner, uh, well, I already said Turner. You know, um, A&E came last year. We had 11 different screenings from networks last year of either season premieres or series premieres. It was really a wonderful year for content, and we expect to have the same this year and every year moving forward. You know, one of the reasons why I support ABFF is because what I've noticed is that you guys really do stay connected to your alumni. You guys have had some alumni that literally kind of like started from the bottom, now we're here, and you guys have supported them all throughout that journey. So can you talk about that relationship, how you guys might see somebody that's just starting out and, and how you continue that relationship? Just to back up on that a little bit, so ABFF is in Miami, but it started in Acapulco in 1996. Okay. Um, Will Packer, who we all know is a very high-profile producer now, he did the Blockbuster Girls trip from last summer. Mm -hmm. He actually started at ABFF in Acapulco. He brought his first film down there, and we have maintained a relationship with him ever since. He's one of our advisory board members, and whenever he has a film, he brings it to ABFF. So we have a great relationship with him. Ryan Coogler, who everyone knows now from Black Panther. Black Panther, Panther, yes. yes. (laughs) Uh, He had a short film called Fig when he was in USC film school, and he brought that to the HBO Shorts competition and won with his short film Fig. And he's continued to be a great partner with us, and, you know, we maintain a relationship with him as well. Um, There was a movie out last year called I Am Not Your Negro. It was a documentary by Raul Peck. He also started out at ABFF with his documentary. So I can tell you we just honored Ava DuVernay at our yes. ABFF honors, and she was our publicist back when she was doing publicity. In the Get out of here. Yes, before she was a filmmaker, she was a publicist, and ABFF was her client. So we have been supporting artists for a very long time. I don't know if you know, we just 
announced a film a filmmaker fellowship with Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Network. He came to ABFF before anyone knew him, and he did our comedy wings. So we have been touching black people in the film and television industry for over 22 years. There are very few people that you can talk to in this industry that haven't had some touch on a- by ABFF, which is great. I think that is great, um, not only because it speaks to the longevity of the relationship, but it also speaks to the genuineness of the relationships. A lot of times people think that networking is about saying, hi, my name is, here's my card, give me a call. But, no, you guys are really kind of setting the standard for what it is to kind of build and cultivate relationships that are sustainable. Yes. And and I just want to also mention that all of our alumni are always invited back to the festival. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for various things, you know, we've invited Anthony Anderson back this year. He won a Rising Star Award back in Acapulco. Halle Berry won a Rising Star Award back in 1997. It's the first award she ever won. So we wow. always invite them back, you know, no matter what. We always invite them back. We we love our alumni. So, listeners, what I want you guys to get from this is that, number one, she said something very key. You know, sometimes we look on social media and say, oh, it's popping. You know, you heard about that new festival? This ain't no new festival, okay? Like, they have been in the industry for more than 20 years, and they have cultivated these relationships and really partnered and linked up with people that you are household names today. You know, before they became household names, this is where a lot of them got their start and their recognition and their partnerships. And so you mentioned Ava DuVernay, uh, who you guys recently honored in L.A., and her being a publicist. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned that part of it because I just heard an interview that she did uh, recently, and she talked about her life before filmmaking. She said, I didn't pick up a camera until I was 32. And sometimes, you know, our listeners are thinking, well, it's too late for me. Oh, if only I had started back when I was 19 and that sort of thing. Can you speak to that myth that you have to be some young whippersnapper, up-and-comer in order to have success in this industry? Yeah, I don't think that's true. I mean, I don't know if people remember um, the movie that Maya Angelou directed, but she was well over 60 when she picked up her first camera. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think you can pick up a camera at any point in time. The thing that you have to do is make sure that you have a good story before you pick up that camera. These days, you can shoot a whole movie on your iPhone. You know, you can mm-hmm. shoot a whole movie on your, on your iPad. So it's not even cost prohibitive anymore. However, you do need to make sure you have a good story to shoot and you have a good team. You know, a team could be three people. A team could be 30 people. A team could be 300 people. But make sure you have a good team before you shoot. And then make sure that you have a good editor and you can tell your story. I love it. So what would you say is the biggest rookie mistakes for filmmakers and content creators? You know, sometimes we feel like we have a good story and we just go out there running and gunning. What would you say is the biggest rookie mistake? Not learning their craft. Because Mm. you can't just point, just because you can pick up a camera and point and shoot doesn't mean you should. That doesn't mean you can execute properly. So I think the best thing that a rookie filmmaker can do, in my opinion, is to learn their craft before picking up and shooting. And if you can't go to film school, there are film programs that you can go to, like six-week programs you can attend. There are books. You know, the Internet will show you there's plenty of how-to. So just, you know, figure it out there's, and, and practice. Practice your craft. It's like anything else. You're not going to be a good dancer if you don't dance all the time. You're not a good reader if you don't read all the time. You're not a good speaker if you just sit around quiet. So it's the same thing with filmmaking. If you're not going to practice and shoot all the time, you won't become good at this. And all God's people said, 
Amen. Because <laughs> that's something that I say on this podcast all the time. Listeners, you know, if you've been rocking with me for several seasons, that I always say you have to have enough respect for your discipline to master the craft. Um, even though you might know some of these, these people today as household names, they didn't just jump on the scene and say, hey, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. Um, they've been in the trenches for a while practicing the craft. And I love that you said, you know, you don't have to go to the traditional route. You, you may not go to film school, but we live in the information age. And so there are books, there are programs, there are mentors, you know, there are on- online platforms out there that will teach you how to do your craft and to practice, practice, practice. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So if that's the biggest rookie mistake, what would you say are the keys to success for building a sustainable career in the industry? Because, you know, it's, it's Sometimes we come in with this one-hit wonder mentality, but if you really want to sustain in the industry, what is your advice? I think perseverance is key. Mm-hmm. You really have to know that there are going to be highs and lows, hills and valleys, it ebbs and flows, and it won't always be a party. It won't always you won't always be the bell of the ball, you know. But you have to stay in it. You have to keep going, and you just have to persevere. That's the greatest advice I can give to anybody about keys to building a sustainable career. In addition. Learn as much as you can. Identify what your strong suit is and then learn as much as you can about that and be willing to do the work. People see all the glitz and glamour. They see the red carpets. They see all this type of thing. But that's not the heart of this business. That happens after a whole bunch of work, and I mean a whole bunch of work. So be Mm -hmm. ready to work. Be willing to work. Be willing to start wherever the job is. Grow where you're planted, and you'll be successful. There it is. You know, not only just ready to work, she said, but ready to learn. And a lot of times people aren't willing to do that. I saw a quote the other day from Charlemagne the God, and he said something along the lines of that. The biggest mistake that people make coming into any industry is thinking that you have to get paid for all the work that you do. You know, so sometimes, like you said, bloom where you're planted, people will overlook an opportunity because it doesn't come with a red carpet opportunity because it doesn't come with a big paycheck. Exactly. And that's a huge mistake people can make because you can you can showcase your abilities in any position. And once you showcase your abilities, maybe you will get that check, maybe you won't. But at the end of the day, you'll be known for your work. You should want to be known for your work, not for your money, not for your car, not for your house, but for your work. Speaking of which, you also said something that is very key, which I talk about on the podcast all the time, because social media, you know, has invited us into people's lives in such a way that on one hand, it makes you feel like, hey, these people are just like me and they're so accessible and I love what they're doing. But on the other hand, you know, it has created some very real insecurities, you know, and people feel less than and things like that. And they want a part of that life. But, you know, what Lamonia just said is that red carpets and and bottle popping, that's not the heart and soul of the industry. That comes, that's the icing on the cake. Okay. But you still have to do a whole lot of work to bake that cake. To that end, if somebody submits to ABFF, set the expectations. Should they automatically expect stardom? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> they, should not, they should not expect stardom. They should expect that we will watch their film. They should expect that if it's a great film, it will be programmed. And if it's programmed, they come down, they, they show their film, they get to do a Q&A, they get to network with everyone there. Hopefully they do the work while they're there to make additional contacts so that they take, their takeaway should be other people they can speak to when they get back home. That's what they should expect, not stardom. 
Bam. Okay, so so just to, to set the expectation, we absolutely want you guys to support this event. And even if you're not, don't have a, a film created, I still think that you guys should go down there because I think that there's a lot to learn. She just said, learn about the industry. Sometimes we want to jump into something and we haven't looked at all the ins and outs and considered all of the avenues that the industry has to offer. And so I absolutely encourage you guys to go down there. But she also said, you know, if you have a great film, they're going to show it. So somebody might hear that and think, oh, my gosh, if it's not perfect, if it's not, you know, a big budget, Ava DuVernay production, then I shouldn't do it. What What would you say to that? We showcase independent filmmakers, so they won't have an Ava DuVernay budget nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten, they'll have a shoestring budget, and that's that's who our audience is looking to see. This is the nation's largest gathering of film and, and television enthusiasts. So. Everyone coming down there wants to see your work. So if we have programmed it, people are going to want to see it. Don't worry about how much it costs. Don't worry about does it have special effects? Is it a 3D movie? No, we're an independent film festival, just like any other independent film festival. We understand that the budgets are low, and we can understand your story, and you made it look good. The lighting is good. We'll enjoy it. There it is, folks. You know, so so if you got a dollar in a dream, okay, and you have – master your craft and you have a good team, then those opportunities are absolutely available um, for you. And I want you guys to pursue them. So last couple of questions here is, coming to something like ABFF, what is the best way to maximize visibility? What are some strategies that you've seen are really effective from independent filmmakers or independent content creators, producers that have really strengthened their platform? Well, at the festival, I've seen filmmakers show up with, you know, promotional tools such as postcards or they will bring a whole team of people and encourage the audience because 7,500 people come to ABFF. Okay. So there are a lot of people that you can reach and encourage them to come and see the film, vote on the film, talk to people. They, You know, people are always interested in what you're doing. So once you start talking to folks, they want to know how you got to where you got as far as what made you want to be a filmmaker, what made you want to tell this particular story. So you have a lot of opportunities to talk about your work. That will encourage people to talk about you, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and the word gets out about this particular person who did this great film. You should go see it. If you didn't catch it here, find out how to catch it. I would suggest business cards if you want people to follow up with you later on. And also try to get to as many of the networking opportunities that we have. We also have a fair number of panel discussions where you mm-hmm. can network with six to 700 people at a time You know that are in that room have a goal of how many new contacts you want to leave with and make sure that happens. And also, I saw Issa Rae talk about networking, about how people want to network up, but you should network laterally. So don't feel like I have to network with the vice president of HBO or I have to network with the owner of this company. Network with your other filmmakers because this is your this is your class. Right? That's your peers. These, this is your peer group, and these are the ones that you're going to come up with. And so you need to network with them. You'll find when you go home and you're working on your next project, that cinematographer that you met at ABSF will be the person who works on your project within your budget. So that's the way you can really maximize your opportunities at ABSF. More than maximizing your visibility, maximize your opportunity. Thank you for saying that because that's something that um, Ava DuVernay said about Ryan Coogler. She said, hey, we were in the same editing days, you know, down the hall from one another, we was pretty much in the trenches editing our own respective films for like eight, nine months. 
and that's what I heard that same Issa Rae interview is that, you know, sometimes we, if we don't rub elbows with the, the VP, then we feel like it's not worthwhile. But no, you know, come up through that class together. Have enough, not only respect for your discipline, but have enough respect for the people that are in those trenches trying to do the same thing that you're doing and not try to topple one another, but try to build with one another. Right, exactly. And so if people submit to film festivals and don't get accepted, what advice do you have for them? Keep submitting, keep submitting. However, if you find that this one project is not getting accepted anywhere, revisit the project. Take it to someone that you respect that will tell you the truth, show it to them, and they'll tell you what the issues are. There may just be a couple of things that you need to fix. You resubmit, and it gets in. Or maybe the whole project really and truly isn't good. So you go back to your books, to your learning, to your courses, and figure out how to get to a good project that people will want to program in their festival. It can be done. You may, Your first project that you submit may not get accepted. If it does, great. If it doesn't, don't let that stop you. Just keep learning what you need to learn. You can get there. And if you can't get there, then maybe filmmaking isn't what, what you need to be doing. You still come down to ABFF and find out how you can be a producer, find out how you can work as an executive in the business. Find out there's so many jobs that are doing this in this business that don't involve directing, writing, or producing. Stay in the business, but just figure out what your real lane is. I love that. I love that you said that. So how can people come to ABSF? Um, you said you're in charge of, of coordinating the pipelines. Oh, I have to say this because I have a lot of millennials that listen to this show. So, okay, young folks, tell them about 29, the 29 and under program or am I saying that right? It's 29 below. It's a program. 29 below. That's it. Okay. Yes. So that is headed up by Jasmine Washington, who I believe you're going to be talking to as well. Yep. 20, 20, <laughs> you can go to abff.com and you go to passes and tickets. There's a 29 below link. And the 29 below program allows people who are, of course, under 29 to come to the festival for a 50% discount. But you have to apply to be in the program. So I would suggest that anyone, if you have a lot of millennials listening, they need to apply today because Jasmine has to send them a code so they can purchase their pass at a 50% discount. And we do have special events and programs there specifically for that group so that you are with your peer group. And we have some people coming to talk to you about how they, they're in, their, in that age group, some people coming to talk to them about how they made it in the business and, and what some of the pitfalls are, what some of the paths they should be taking. So believers, this interview, first of all, Lamonia, thank you again for taking the time because I know you got so much to do. <laughs> but I hope you heard her loud and clear, folks, is that this is not for the young whippersnappers or, you know, up-and-comers and, and you're not out of the game just because you're over 30. If you're over 30, if you're under 30, there's a place here for you. And whether you're in front of the camera or behind the camera, there's still opportunities for you. And there is still plenty of room at ABFF. Like she said, the festival attracts more than 7,500 people. You guys can be in the mix. I'm going to be there. I purchased my ticket. Um, it was the first purchase that I made of 2018 because I knew that I had to be there. And so I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Even if my film gets accepted, I'm going to gift my stuff to somebody else because I want you guys there. But you have to be willing to make that investment in yourself. I'm so excited about this. Lamonia, thank you so much for taking the time. I thank appreciate you. you. We appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. And you guys, I'm going to be pumping this up on my social media because I want you guys to come. Okay. So I'll be looking for you and I will see you guys on our next episode. Thank you.